My name is Annie Lobert, and I'm a champion survivor of trafficking to tell you that God can heal you from any hurt that's ever happened to you. If He can do it for me, He can do it for you too. Hi, friends, and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we invite presence, we inspire purpose, and ignite passion in people's hearts across the world with God's love. I'm so excited today. You're not going to believe who I'm about <laughs> to introduce you to. She is a sweet fellow sister of I Am Second. Her and I both did a beautiful show on I Am Second. If you have not heard of I Am Second, I need you to go when you're done watching and listening to this to IamSecond.com and check out her story. My friend, Karen Green, she found forgiveness, healing, and a new life when she surrendered her life to Jesus Christ while incarcerated 23 years ago. In Christ, she found the liberty that set her free from the bondage of her past. Karen's biblical studies through Christ for the Nations and the Potter's House School of Ministries prepared her and equipped her for the call of God on her life. She founded the Haven of Love in December 1999 and dedicated her life to helping women understand the hope that is found in the transforming resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Karen, Ooh. I'm so Hello. excited. Hi, honey. Hi, Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to be on the pink chair. I am excited. You look beautiful. And thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for I'm having so, me. You're welcome. And I'm so honored that you're able to be here with us today. And I hope mm -hmm. next time that we can finally be in person. But right now, since we have little great internet, we can just do this fun interview. And what I really wanted to know, because I know we met in person finally uh -huh. years ago at a fundraising yeah. event, and I was so excited to meet you because I had seen your impactful story and I cried <laughs> with you Amen. while you were sitting there sharing your story. And I want okay. our audience to know, you know, why you do what you do. Can we go uh -huh. back to your childhood? <laughs> Let's talk about the way your life was years ago. Well, as a child, um, I was the oldest of five, and uh, my mother worked all the time, which left us uncovered. And when children are left uncovered, then wow. all kinds of things can happen to them. And unfortunately, that is what began to happen in my life. Uh, the guy that lived next door began to follow with me and you know Aww. and things began to happen uh one of the things that uh i remember about that is how he told me uh, just how beautiful i was and how big my legs were you know and for a, a a girl to hear that and you know that's what we long for you know sometimes we don't know that but we need affirming from a man but it's always good to get it from your father but right. he was telling me you know different things and i believed it and i believed it and through that uh grooming he groomed me and um he followed with me quite a bit while my mother was away and uh it got so bad where i had to really break down and tell my mother and once i did 
everything started happening from there. Um, it, it was like a downward spiral because once you're violated like that, you know, it does something to your self-worth, your self-esteem. You right. never really feel the way you should feel as a woman or as a, a woman with esteem about herself. So um, that downward spiral started in my life. By the time I was 13, I had a baby. So oh I went from goodness. caring from my mother's babies to taking care of my babies. There's and, a song, um, Karen, about, it's from the 80s. Do you remember that song? Babies having babies. Do you remember that song? Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. And um, after you were having just a little girl. Just a baby. Just a baby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just a baby, a baby having a baby and yeah. did not know what life had for me after yeah. that. I know uh, my mother was living with someone and he started funneling with me. And once I told my mother, she packed my, my <laughs> she packed my clothes and put me and the baby out. Wait and a I went to How old were you? I was 14. I just, my Girl. baby wasn't more than a year. And when I went to my mother and just told her what her, her boyfriend was doing, well, she went upstairs and packed my, my clothes. And from there, the spiral began to dig deeper. Because when I left there, I went to live with an aunt. And when I walked in my aunt's door, she said, I want you to know something. You won't be going out with these little young boys. You'll be going out with men that can help you with these baby. And I didn't know what that meant, but she had her older friends that would come and pick me up and date me. And she would tell me when I got ready to get out of the car, make sure you get, get some money. And by the time I would you know, get the money and walk in the house. She said, did they give you money? And I would tell her yes, and she would take the money. And it went on for a couple wow. of years before wow. I went on to the streets. <laughs> before I went on to the streets. And when I got to the streets, that's all I knew was what I had been exposed to. You know, Karen, I knew Karen, how to... I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish what you were saying. Go ahead. No, I just knew how to uh, do what was taught to me, and that was how to survive, you know. And when I was That's out there, I knew how to survive. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. This, yeah, this completely yeah. breaks my heart. Like, well, I, that was... I, I can't imagine. I I um I remember being sexually abused when I was that age, but like to have your own mother kick you out. I yeah. I I'm just shocked. Like she well, had no idea. Like like I mean and then he was okay, a hurting so this, woman too. Right. I understand that. So you but your this is your real auntie. Like your mom's yes. sister, correct? It's real so auntie. That, that kind of shows me a picture of your mama and your auntie. 
They, That's what was, they knew. Their family, right? So this is, you were born into this type of like behavior that doesn't, yes. you know, really understand uh, childhood exploitation. Or what it or does if, to a child. Yes, yes, correct. I, I don't mean that they didn't understand what they were doing, but maybe they didn't, Karen. Is it possible that this is all based out of trauma and survival for your family? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because, you know, they went through some of the same thing, you know, generations. A lot of the things that we, you know, encounter in our life has come through generational curses. Um, They gave us what they had. I understand today. She gave me what she had. And sorrow, it's just so... Uh, it's sad that, you know, she had to live through that with right. never a place to uh, heal from it. And right. so this is what she gave me, you know, um, through all of that, you know, I ended up on the streets and, you know, from there with a sentence, you know, looking at a 25 year sentence, because when I was out there, I did what I had to do so, to survive and uh, ended up uh, in prison, you know, uh, because of the different things and traumas I went through out there, you know, and the survival that you had to, uh, you know, uh, make sure that you protected yourself. Survival, you know. Karen, you know, I don't know what you were charged with. You don't want to share. It's okay. Oh, I had 13 assault cases, two with a concealed weapon and attempted murder charge. Well, but it's it's in a way. I, I just, first of all, I can't see you doing that. Number one. Number two. <laughs> That's the how, miracle of God. I know. How much has this related to exploitation and trafficking? And that you oh were put God. in a position where you had to, to defend yourself and to right. survive. Because right. you've, you're an adult woman with your body, but your brain is still a child. Your yes. soul your spirit stuck in this chasm where you can't get out of it and you're you're being victimized day in day out and basically it's paid rape right we all know yes how does someone get out of that without becoming defensive and i do know with myself i my last trafficker i took the broom and I went to town with that broom and the neighbors <laughs> called the cops on me. Girl, I snapped. I snapped. Yeah, I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. I was bleeding. Yeah. I, my throat and my hand. I was beat up, but I tried to defend myself. Right. So did you feel like your sentence was fair or did you feel like they missed everything? They missed it. Like back then, the system was a little different. <laughs> Right. You know, uh, I live in Texas, and so um, one of the well, Texas has a uh, pretty strict uh, laws, right? I mean, it is like this, one of right? The They're fastest uh, prison systems. I mean, one of the fastest. I mean, massive prison systems in our in our country. You know, wow. And one thing I know that women's prison is the fastest growing prisons. In Texas, you know, they're building them left and right to house oh. women. 
So, you know, when I, um, when I turned my, I turned myself in, uh, I just really had got tired of jumping in and out of cars. I remember, uh, trying to run, uh, from, uh, a guy and I jumped out of the car and the car was going like 50 miles an hour. Mm. And I ended up on the service road and just so happened someone stopped and they made sure that they called the MTs and, you know, uh, I survived that, you know, mm. and uh, the cycle was so great that even in that, you know, when uh, I was there, when they sewed my head up with blood in my head, I went right back to the streets. I went right back to what I knew, you know, so to me. Going to prison, I didn't think of it at this at that time, but it really saved my life. Yeah, it really did. It really yeah. did. It gave me the opportunity to rest. See, I went from taking care of my mom's kid take, to taking care of my own, surviving for them. Now surviving for my son the best way I knew how. I was just overwhelmed. And when I got down in that prison, then I could really just let go and really begin to see Karen, really begin to see Karen and all the hurt and all the pain of what my life was. Um, I think it was from 14 to 36. You know, this is what my life was. And God finally, you know, did what he does so graciously. You know, he put us in a place where he can begin to, you know, refine us. And I'm saying refine because he helps you to understand. And then he began to really refine through the healing process of his spirit. Amen. I did not know how bad it was. I did not know that the offenses of life, uh, I was running and and suffering with the hurt and the pain of the offenses of life. And it was really tearing and weighing me down. It was so uh, that my soul had been so overwhelmed with so much that that's all I knew. But when God got my attention, I didn't know it was possible. You know, uh, I, I, while I was down there, um, I didn't do church and I didn't do church people because church people made it hard for you to get to Christ. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're a wall sometimes, aren't they, Karen? Like, yeah, they like are. judgmental <laughs> yeah, they are. Pharisees. I mean, we talk about Pharisees, but guess oh, what? They Pharisees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so church, don't get that. mad at us. Don't get mad. You got to keep, we keep it 100 <laughs> on the show. Uh-uh. Hey, come no, on. you, you so better keep I, it one. Bring it, girl. Tell us what happened. Mm-hmm. After mm-hmm. that, um, I did end up going to church to get out of the dorm with 64 other women. And God had a plan. Because yeah. when I got up and I went to that service, I went to that service just to go to sleep, to get out of the dorm. But God had a plan. And, sure as, I that, <laughs> <laughs> and as I said in that, and as I said in that sea, <laughs> he began to just, you know, uh, the word of God began to go in and it, it really began to take root. He was talking about the woman with the issue of blood. And mm-hmm. She had so much mm-hmm. issues and how the townspeople, you know, shunned her and didn't want her around and 
he was talking to me, you know, because that's what has happened in my life many times. I was shunned away and didn't want, didn't felt like I didn't uh, fit in. But she made a decision that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, that she would be made whole. Mm-hmm. And she did that. She did that. And immediately she was made whole. And right then in that chapel in that prison, I said, God, I got issues. Can you make me whole? And I bowed my head and I raised my hands and the rest was God. And it's been God ever since. I had an encounter with God. I had an undeniable experience with him, you know, that I knew it was him and he came himself, you know, and he touched me. And the, wow. I remember how the, you know, people, uh, many of the old hymns would say, he touched me. Truly, he touched me. And my life was never the same. And uh, I had been running for him from that day mm. till this day. Um, through that process, let me just say, because I didn't know how bad it was. It was really deep. And God had to really do surgery. Amen. He had to really go in and really do surgery. You know, many times, you know, we've been beaten and hidden and just, you know, disappointed and let down. So God had to do surgery. And as he did that surgery in my life and began to heal, um, I remember uh, sitting in the dorm and where my uh, window was, I could see the women leaving the unit. And they were coming back within the next couple of months or weeks. Mm. And I was, I asked the Lord, I said, God, would you send somebody down here to help these women, to let them know that there's a, there is life outside of these walls because they were finding safety in the walls. A lot of those women had been raped, molested, a victim of incest, just like me and you, you know, mm. and they were looking for safety. You know, they were looking for, you know, something to feel safe and they were finding it behind the walls. And I prayed that prayer and little did I know God was going to send me. Amen. And uh, for the last 25 years, that has been my life. Um, He has the ministry of healing and restoration has been my life. Uh, to many of women. I have uh, partnered with many different uh, entities in the city, Dallas Police, Dallas Sheriff Department, uh, Homeland Security. Um, I am what they call the go-to girl, you know, <laughs> when they bring the women in and they need the, somebody to make them feel comfortable enough and, you know, safe enough where they can talk. I'm that girl. I'm that girl. Um we uh, also, we have um, uh, outreach where we go and we just bring, um, like, the health department. Uh, we bring nurses. Uh, we do what we have to do uh, to help them. And one of the things I tell them when I'm out there is we're not here to try to, you know, change you. Only God can yeah, change convert you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Only God can do that. But we're here to let you know that 
you know, we're here and that there is hope. And I have an opportunity to really minister to their hearts at that at that time. Uh, God opened the door where now I have an organization. And uh, this organi- organization goes into the jails, into the prisons, into the treatment programs, into the juvenile detention center where they're housing the young girls that they are trafficking. So we're doing classes with them. We're loving on them. Most of all, we're teaching them about Jesus Christ. Amen. And I think that is the wholeness and that is what is needed uh, in the lives of those babies, you know, that wherever they are, the offenses can stop right there and God can begin in their lives. Amen. So uh, I just I'm I'm just so grateful for what God is doing and yet doing. I'm hoping <laughs> that, um, you know, many more uh, hookers for Christ and haven of love will come visible and and uh, people will begin to know that uh, there's hope and women such as ourselves, that the ministry of God comes through us. You know, that hope that is real. That hope that changes life come right. through vessels such as who we are. Amen. I, I remember in the Bible, there was a woman and she was a harlot and God used her, used her mightily. Yes. Amen. So there's no preferred a person when it comes to God. He can use anybody. That's and right. What, what a God that he will take I have the love and kindness and apply it to the lives of women such as ourselves and use right. them in such a way. I hope well, I'm just not talking. I'm, you know, I can no, talk. Karen, you're, on you're, on. Girl, listen, I wanted to sing this because this you reminded me of the song and it goes, he touched me. He touched me. And all oh, the joy. It filled my soul. It fills my soul. Yeah. Something Something happened. And now now I don't know. Jesus touched me and made me whole. Amen, girl. Amen. 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 Did I run out? No, you're not out of town. We got a couple more minutes. I would like you to say, maybe there's someone out there. We have a couple minutes that's struggling, that needs to know there is hope, that is out there. They're on the street. Maybe they're working on the internet. They're doing webcam. Maybe they're in the strip clubs. Maybe they're walking the carpet in the hotels and they're selling themselves or they're being trafficked. They have a boyfriend that's their pimp and they feel like it's the end. What would you say to them, Karen? Hey girl, hey, there is hope. There's hope. You know, the enemy has hid this hope from us a long time, but I just wanna whisper in your ear that there is hope in Jesus Christ. I know, where was Jesus when all of that was going on? He was right there, and he's right there now. But let me tell you, when he brings you to that place of knowing him, all that you've been through, you'll find it was all for his good, his glory. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. You know, 
things happen. Life happens. Yeah. But there is hope. And that hope is in Jesus Christ. I hear you crying. You know, when I'm praying at five o'clock in the morning, I'm hearing the cries of these young girls and I'm crying out for them. God, keep them, keep their minds, keep their hearts, keep their souls, God. I pray for the traffickers. God, I ask that you, they will find you in such a way that they will release these babies, that these babies can live. Father, in the name of Jesus, this is my prayer. Lord, God, send your angels, your ministering yes. angels, to minister yes. to them right where they are in Jesus' name. In Jesus I just want name. them to know that there is hope in Jesus yes. Christ. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. I want to say this. You know, uh, when we are interviewing in an interview like this, I know time is an essence, but to get to the knit of all of it, it takes more time. So I'm hoping that maybe I can bring you and we're going to do something live and we can take our time and we can really minister to the hearts of the listeners. Amen. And yes. the that and make that deposit, you know, that needs to be made. But God he don't need a whole lot of time. He can do a lot with two minutes. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So you, I think you got God. one minute. We got one minute, Karen. Tell them how they can get a hold of you so they can maybe they need to email you or call you and maybe donate. Give us give us your address and how well, we can get a hold of it you. It is the Haven of Love. www.thehavenoflove dot net. Okay, and then the Haven of Love slash Facebook, Karen Green, um, Karen Green Facebook, Karen Green Ministries Facebook, underscore Karen P. Green um, Instagram, amen, and also the Haven of Love at gmail.com and Karen Green at gmail.com. Karen Green Ministries at gmail.com. You know, I've been talking all day. That's I've been right. in the jails today. I've been in the jails today. We do eight classes a week and we are pouring into these women. So I said, I, I got to do this. I hope I didn't disappoint you. I hope no, I you're said, awesome. Uh, you're I amazing, I Karen. Gave you, gave you what you yes. needed. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And thank you, you so a- much. You're welcome, and I can't wait to see you in person. And I, I okay. just want to humbly thank you for coming on Annie's Pink Chair, and thank we you. will see you soon. Okay, Karen, God bless you. Thank you there. so much. Love Have you. Have a great one. Love you, you babe. Love you. Bye. Hi, Annie Lobert here, and I talk a lot about my story, and I relate it to a lot of the talks I have with my guests and my own little preaches that I do on this show, and I just wanted to inform you about my book that I wrote. This was my name when I was in the game, Fallon. My name was Fallon York, but this is Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. Super simple. Go to our website, pinkchair.org. You can get your own book. This reads like a movie. But not only that, my friends, this shows you what sex trafficking is 
in our own backyard, the United States. It also talks about the destiny house, a place and also the dream house where we bring our victims of trafficking to turn them into victors of trafficking, where they get trauma therapy, they get stabilized from their terrible abuses they've been through. And they have equine therapy, art therapy, they get their own personal trainer. You guys name it, they get it. They get new clothes, they're fed, and guess what? It's free, 100% free. That's why my friends, I need to ask you a big favor. We do nothing but donations to keep this place open and we need your help right now. Would you please go to pinkchair.org and click on donate? Thank you so much for donating.